What's up, church planters and church planting enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Trying to get over this uh, sickness. My throat's a little bit down, but my voice is starting to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hear you, man. I'm I'm not sick at all, so I good think for it's because like, I don't have kids in the house. Yeah. They're like... Um, you guys get sick like every couple of months. That we man. do not. Mm. We do not. Mm. Um, but kids are like a, kids are like a, uh, yeah, they carry germs and stuff. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. It's, th- it's tough to stay. It's tough to stay well whenever you got four little ones running around in the house. That's for sure. So man, well, we're, uh, coming up on Christmas time. We did our episode on Christmas last week. So, um, this week we've got a special guest with us today who has, literally flown all the way across the continent of wow. North America just to be here this morning. Just to be here. Just to be here on In the Trenches. Um, yeah, not really, though. I think that there's other reasons that, that Ryan came. So I want to introduce our listeners to Ryan Sithome. Uh Ryan, did I say it right, Ryan? You did. Sweet. You pronounced Ryan. What's that? Yeah, you said it right. I said, Ryan. Ryan. Okay. Yeah. Did I pronounce your last name right, though? Oh, yeah, Sithome. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Sithome. <laughs> Uh, so Ryan is in Vancouver, Washington, not Vancouver, Canada, but Vancouver, Washington, which is pretty not the best Vancouver, not the best Canada, but the real Vancouver. Oh, okay. The oh, wow. all right. That's a it comes out swinging, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out swinging. Uh, so Ryan's planting River City Church in Vancouver, Washington. He's uh, Ascend Network or North American Mission Board church planter and. Um, so we're we're excited to talk to him today, and uh, he's got he's got a unique story. Of what God's been doing there? God's mm-hmm. really been moving in some incredible ways. And uh, yeah. we were we were talking before we started, and uh, they're they're in the they're going to be launching in East on Easter uh, this coming Easter. So they're they're gearing up for that, and they've been uh, I know they've been in the harvest. I get to to follow Ryan via social media and see his updates and. Uh, man, they're God's doing some cool things. They're doing all the right things. They're out in the harvest. They're engaging uh, the lost, and as a result, God is 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 blessing what they're doing. So, Ryan, welcome to in the trenches, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, man. So, Ryan, why don't you kind of uh, tell uh, our guests just a little bit about your family and about what brought you to Vancouver, Washington? Because that's not where you're from. Yeah. So, uh, I was actually born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, my wife Clarissa. Uh, she uh, was born in New York, raised in Northern California, and uh, her and her family moved to Memphis uh, when she was in middle school. And so we've been married now for seven and a half years or eight years going on. And uh, we've got two boys, Banner, who is uh, three years old, about to be, and Anchor, who is zero. Zero. <laughs> awesome, man. Listen, listen to those kids' names, man. Banner and Anchor. Yeah. I, I told Ryan, uh, I, I, you can't see Ryan, obviously. Uh, we'll put information up to his church or something, I'm sure. But 
Uh, you can see his glorious beard, like Jared and I can't see. But this this guy's so hipster. I told him yesterday in some meetings. I said, "Man, you even gave your kid hipster names." <laughs> like, man, he's really committed to this church plant in the Portland area. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Banner and Anchor sound like names of church plants. They in, do in Portland. Maybe they're going to be they your first. Prob- they probably are church plants in Portland. Maybe. Are you naming your kids after church plants in Portland? <laughs> what a strategy! <laughs> We're going to name our daughter Bethesda. Ah. Uh... <laughs> I like it. I love it. I like it. That's good. That's good. Awesome. Well, um, Ryan, man, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about how things are going uh, just with the the whole church planning process right now. Tell us what you're doing in Canada, first of all, before you do that so that our listeners know why you're here. Yeah. So um, He's here for In the Trenches, Matt. Yeah. I I came here for uh, the podcast, and while I was here, (laughs) I decided to to also uh, spend a little bit of time with with uh, Matt uh, Hess and with Jared Huntley, you guys, uh, you know, in the in the process of what I've been doing in the Portland area in Vancouver, Washington, um, one of my mentors and advisors, uh, he, he told me, he said, find somebody who's doing what you want to be doing mm-hmm. and get close to them. Uh, and he meant in a local context, but uh, but really, I just you know, uh, across the landscape of church planting right now. Uh, the person who seems the most accessible to me is, that's doing what I want to be doing is you guys. And so that's why I reached out to Matt and I said, Hey man, can I come spend some time with you guys and just, you know, uh, more or less just shadow you guys a little bit and see how you guys are doing with the fellowships network and, uh, and what you guys are, uh, I, I love what you guys are doing here. And it's, it's something, you know, I, I feel like we have a very similar context, uh, in the Toronto, greater Toronto area, mm-hmm. uh, as we do in the, uh, greater uh, Portland area. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. You know, it's uh, I know Ryan wants to wants to start a network where he's at, yep. and he, I'm not gonna steal his thunder, but he wants to see 32 churches wow. over 20 years planted in the context that he's in. I love that. I do too, and um, you know, it, it's great. And so when he reached out to us, we said, absolutely, come on, man, come learn from us, and we'd love to learn from you what you're doing, and we're learners as well, and so. Man, we're pumped to have you here. And uh, Ryan's learning the systems of our network. He's meeting how we do disciple, meeting our discipleship leader, and um, going to be meeting with you after this episode just to learn our evangelism strategy, all that kind of stuff. So we're pumped to have him here, man. We're Jared said it already, but Ryan is when I when I work and coach with other planners, I always talk about Ryan, and they are they're doing everything really well, mm-hmm. and uh, it's good. So. Ryan, why don't you share with us, like Jared said, share with us uh, your story. How, how'd you end up, man, from Memphis to Vancouver? And just update us on your church, what what God's doing, and just tell us your story, man. Yeah, so um, from Memphis to Vancouver, is uh, it's just nothing but a God story. I didn't really know anybody in the Portland metropolitan area when, when I felt like God was leading me uh, over there. Uh, and so um, I remember when, when God first started to work on my heart, about the Portland area, and and just so you know, the listeners are aware because I know not everyone's aware of the geography, but um, Vancouver, Washington, is the largest uh, suburb or neighborhood of the Portland metropolitan area, and so it's just across the state line. So that's why it's in Washington. But my house is literally a mile from the Portland airport, mm. and so uh, we're very much a part of the Portland area. It's just if I say Portland or if I say Vancouver. They're interchangeable, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to avoid that confusion. But so uh, I was feeling called to the Portland area, and uh, I remember the first thing I did uh, was, uh, as I was struggling with this call, I pulled open my laptop and I went to Google and I typed in 
where is Portland? <laughs> I had no idea, uh, but God had laid it on my heart. Uh, and so that's when, um, you know, I found a pretty reliable source for my statistics, the Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I started <laughs> reading the Wikipedia page and reading about, you know, how uh, 94% uh, of people in the Portland area don't know Jesus. And I was like, in, you found that on Wikipedia. Yeah, I did. Huh. Uh, and, and, well, I mean, they said 6% Protestant. Okay. That's what, you know, yeah, they okay. didn't say Jesus, yeah. right, right. but, um, but you know, just looking at that and thinking in, in the U S a place like that exists in the U S and it just blew my mind. Cause at the time, you know, I was in the middle of the Bible belt and, and thinking everybody, thought like we did, you know, everybody, I I didn't know there was people in America that hadn't heard the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought that was for, you know, other countries. Um, and so I remember struggling with that, wrestling with that. And, and actually I remember, um, just shortly after struggling with that call is when I looked up at my, uh, associational newsletter and, and it said, Hey, Matt Hess is coming to come talk to us about church planting. I was like, I remember going over to my pastor and be like, bro, we need to go hear this guy talk about church planting. And so when we went to to hear uh, Matt talk, he gave an uh, awesome, awesome job about what's ha- happening uh, in the Fellowships Network. But I remember uh, approaching Matt at the end and just being like, hey, man, uh, God's working on me. He's calling me to church planting. And you were actually the first person I ever told that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even tell my wife at that point. I told Ryan yesterday, I said, man, I'm honored that I was the first person you told, but I said that should be the first and last time you ever tell somebody else something before you tell your wife. <laughs> That's pretty good advice, isn't it, Jerry? That's pretty good advice. Yeah. you were. That was in Louisiana, yeah, right, Ryan? Uh-huh. When you were serving at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That was down in Louisiana. And so uh, I remember after talking to my mentor, who was actually the second person I told uh, about it. A uh, mutual friend of ours, and and he he said, "What does what does your wife think?" I was like, "Well, I haven't told her yet." <laughs> and he said, "Go home right now and 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 tell her." Such a church planner <laughs> thing, isn't it? Jerry? And so uh, I remember going home, uh, and you know, we were praying about because we were both feeling the call to church planting, and we were praying about you know potentially New York or potentially maybe even Chicago, and uh, that was something we had had a conversation about before. And I remember sitting Clarissa down and just saying, hey, uh, babe, I really feel like God has has uh, laid a specific city uh, on my heart for church planting. And she said, where? And I said, Portland. And uh, she, she looked at me, she said, I knew you were going to say Portland. Hmm. I was like, how did you know? And she said, well, God told me too. Hmm. Wow. Uh, and so that, you know, at that moment I was like, okay, so this is. God's in this thing, so we need to uh, we need to start praying about it. And so, from that moment on, um, man, it's just the the things that God did was, I mean, every single conversation I had turned to Portland for some reason, and it was just like I remember one day I got a knock on my door, and we're in a small town in Louisiana with a population of like thirty two hundred, so I mean, super small town, yeah. and um, got a knock on my door. I thought it was a church member. I looked out the peephole, didn't recognize the guy, and so I opened the door and. He, he goes, hey, uh, I'm Peter. I'm here from Portland, Oregon, selling vacuum cleaners. <laughs> and <laughs> I said, you're what? <laughs> and and, and uh, I didn't even know people did that anymore. You know, go to door, door to door selling vacuum cleaners, but but more or less coming from Portland to rural Louisiana uh, and to cleaners. sell vacuum cleaners. And so I was like, who sent you? Uh, he's like, my boss. <laughs> I'm, I was like, 
what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm selling vacuum cleaners. And, and it, I, I couldn't get over the fact that he had come to my house and he couldn't get over the fact that I was, I couldn't understand what he was doing. Yeah. And so, uh, it was just, you know, thing after thing. I remember, um, uh, doing an outreach event in, in Shreveport, Louisiana. And this, this, I met this guy and I said, Hey John, I'm Ryan. What do you do, John? He said, I drive trucks. I said, cool. Where do you drive to? He goes, well, my, my route is to Portland, Oregon. I was like from Shreveport, Louisiana to Portland, Oregon. He goes every week. Wow. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all of a sudden. And so, uh, last thing I, I'd moved back to Memphis to prepare to move up here. And I, I told God, uh, at, um, I, you know, I just, I basically had a Gideon moment. I said, Lord, I feel like, I feel like you're calling me to this, but I don't want to, um, you know, one of the, one of the things my mentor said was if God is in this or if God is not in it, it's the difference between planting a crop in fertile soil and planting a crop in concrete. Uh, he said, you better make sure God is in this. And so I remember just saying, God, if you're, if you're in this, I'm all in, but if you're not, I'm out. And so I need you to, you know, just wet my fleece. You know, just give me a sign that this is what you want me to do. And uh, I remember um, I was driving Uber at the time to to make ends meet. And um, the next person I picked up, um, they said, uh, I said, where am I taking you? They said, the airport. I said, cool, where are you flying? They said, home. I said, where's home? They said, Portland. I was like, all right, God, I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, and there's, you know, I could spend an hour just telling you the amazing ways that God blew my mind about just saying, this is where we're going to go. And so when we, when we first came up to the Portland area, we didn't know anything about it, but we were driving around and, uh, uh, one of our church planting catalyst, uh, Wes, he took us to Vancouver. And I remember we saw different parts of the city. We saw different parts of Portland. We were like, I just don't know if this is it. And we saw a place called Washougal. We're just like, I just don't know if this is it. And, and the first time we laid eyes on Vancouver, both Clarissa and I looked at each other and said, this is home. This, this is where God is calling us. And so, so that's, that's how we got from, from Memphis to, to Vancouver. So, mm-hmm. Man, that's awesome, bro. So it, it's, it's amazing how God sets those moments up and, 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 uh, like just begins to give us affirmation and confirms our calling to where we're supposed to go. I know Jared has some of those stories and I know I have some of those stories that brought us both here to Canada. Well, man, so tell us, tell us what's going on. You've been there for 19 months, essentially. Tell us what's going on in your church. I mean, it's an incredible story of, just God's provision, even you guys haven't even launched yet. And God's just done so many incredible things. Share with our listeners, just what God's been doing, um, how you're building your core team, the story, and then we'll take it from there. All right. So, so yeah, we've been there for 19 months now. And, and what we've been doing, which we've just been serving the community relentlessly. Uh, and that's what we feel, you know, called to do. Um, and so in the process of serving, uh, in this past January, January of, uh, 2018, uh, we had gained a significant amount of influence at the elementary school that we were serving at. And, uh, we really felt like we were, uh, whenever we determined, you know, landed on a location, uh, that we wanted to be uh, close enough to this elementary school, uh, that we'd be able to continue ministry there. And we'd also, um, we also gained a significant, significant amount of influence at the college, 
Uh, it's a community college, which if, if you're uh, from the South like me, uh, you think of a community college. It kind of looks like a rundown high school with maybe 2,000 people. Well, this is this community college looks nicer than the university I went to, and it has 17,000 students. Uh, Did you go to the University of Texas by any chance? No. Oh, okay. I just, I just want to check, Jared. I just want to make sure. <laughs> university <laughs> of... Uh, Memphis, the the real Tigers. I heard you guys talking about the LSU Tigers on a recent episode. And, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So That's we know how to spell beautiful. go, go Tigers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we actually get educations at our school. Going to make all the Cajuns angry. Man. Yeah. <laughs> what are they going to say, Matt, when they get angry? They're going to say, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah. That's Matt's Edward Geron impression. Yeah. He loves he loves doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, we had gained some significant uh, influence at this at this college of seventeen thousand students, and and um, one of the things you know when we were when we were developing our church planting prospectus, the majority of our prospectus was was formed at at least at the beginning while we were still in Tennessee, and so when we hit the ground in Vancouver, one of the things that we weren't prepared for was how large the Hispanic community was. And so we're like, okay, we need to hit reset on this. We need to, God is doing something in, in this. And just in our neighborhood and our zip code in a five minute drive there, uh, it's, uh, it's, I believe it's 22% Hispanic, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and so we had gained a uh, significant influence with a Hispanic community as well that we were praying about reaching. And, uh, so we were praying for that. And then, um, when we were praying for a location, uh, two of our core team members, uh, they had actually spent two years in Vietnam. And so they said, Hey, can we pray about influence with Vietnamese people as well? And I'm like, okay, so we're praying about the elementary school. We're praying about the college. We're praying about the Hispanic community and to throw in the Vietnamese community. That's kind of a wild card, but you know, sure. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, me of little faith, I was like, probably not going to happen, but you know, and so we start praying about a location and so we start looking around for somewhere that we can rent and the cheapest, the, the most affordable thing that we can find that matches all four of those qualifiers is going to cost us $950 a day wow. to rent. Uh, and so we don't have that kind of money. And if we did, we don't want to spend it on us. So we started praying about that. And so that was in January of 2018. We were asking for God to lead us to a meeting place that was near enough to the school, near enough to the college, conducive to Hispanic ministry. And with a potential for Vietnamese ministry. So in February is when an, an old, uh, I'll say old dying church uh, within our denomination approached me and asked me if I would consider being their pastor. Uh, and without even praying about it, uh, I said, no, absolutely not. Because uh, in my mind, that had nothing to do with what I had moved up here for, you know? Uh, so the church was very persistent though. They kept, uh, they kept, calling me. They kept asking me. And so even though I said no multiple times, and so I remember talking to my uh, mentor about it and he said, Ryan, uh, did you pray about this? And I said, no, I didn't pray about it. And he said, well, how arrogant of you to make that huge of a decision without praying. Uh, so I said, all right, all right, doc, I will, I will pray, but I'm just letting you know right now, the answer is still no. Um, and so, uh, so I, I did, I began to pray right then. And after several weeks, weeks, the Lord actually began to change my heart. So I ended up submitting a resume to the pastor search committee. And while we were talking, they were so excited about what was going on at the elementary school that I was serving at, that 
that they asked me, they said, if you came to be our pastor here, do you think you could do for our elementary school what you're doing at your elementary school? And, and I remember, I remember stopping and saying, hold on a second. What do you mean your elementary school? Like your elementary school is the one that I'm serving at right now. And they said, no, we mean the one that's down the street. I said, yeah, but you're not zoned for that one. The families in this neighborhood are going to the, the school that I'm currently serving at. They're like, and, and we kind of got into this little, you know, back and forth. And finally, one of the guys pulls up Google and goes, yeah, Ryan's right. We're zoned for that elementary school. And once he said that, it was like the light went off in my head that the church that I was talking to, their building was zoned for the elementary school that I was currently serving at. It was literally right across the street from the college that we were praying about, uh, praying about being near. It has three ethnic congregations that rent the building from them. Two of them are Hispanic. You know what the third one is? It's Vietnamese. Wow. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't even write that story if I was, you know, wanted to. And so I brought in. Uh, and so you know, we started praying about that and moving forward. And and uh, they called me to be their pastor. And and one of the things I told them was like, we're not. We're not going to stay the same. We're going to make some radical changes in this place. And so um, I remember I brought in some consultants, and this is a 70-year-old church. It was planted in 1948, a 70-year-old church. And I brought in some consultants to help them um, come to the terms of the reality that they weren't in a healthy spot. Uh, And so I brought in these consultants to come, you know, talk about the life cycles of a church. Uh, George Bullard came out with those life cycles of a church, and Basically, the options were, you know, birth, infant, childhood, retirement, old age, or death. Like, where is your church right now? And after thinking about the question for a little bit, um, you know, one of the one of the people in the room spoke up and said, "I think it's safe to say that we, as a church, right now, we're uh, we're an infant." And <laughs> I remember <laughs> that, you know, that blew my mind. I, I was that's the last thing I was expecting <laughs> was for for them to think that they were in, in an infancy stage as a, as a 70 year old church that, you know, um, to, to think about the fact that it was 70 years old, that there had been several pastors that had left because of moral failure. Uh, there had been multiple church splits within the church itself. I think there's, I think I counted six, mm-hmm. six churches that split out of this church in the 70 years. And the church itself was birthed out of a split uh, because there was a church in the area that was wanting to be able to reach more people. And in order to reach more people, they wanted to buy a bus. And so they took it to a church vote and it passed. But everyone who voted no said, we don't want to be on mission. We don't want to get a bus. Those people left and started our church. <laughs> and so and so it's just unhealthy from the beginning. And I remember just thinking, wow. And they think they're an infant and that's, that's not reality at all. And so I remember, um, I remember moving to plan B at that point. I took each individual out to coffee at that point and, uh, and I had a meeting with each individual that was in the room. And during these meetings, um, you know, I said, here's the thing about an, an infant, an infant has to be young, you know, right. An infant has to be, have most of their life ahead of them. But here's the deal. An infant and a uh, a six month old and a hundred and six year old they're both in diapers, mm-hmm. uh, and so a lot of the symptoms might look the same, but one of them has their whole life ahead of it, the other one has their whole life behind it, mm-hmm. and so one hundred percent of the individuals that I met with actually agreed. 
that upon further thought, the church that they were in was dead and was just waiting for a funeral. Uh, and so, uh, so I got to work casting vision about what life after death could look like with this church and about how we could, how we could control a birth of a church instead of just giving up our property. Because, you know, if the church dies and runs out of money and that kind of stuff, the property just, you know, get, goes back to the association and, and, you know, we have no control over what happens to it. Then the association would do something, but we as a people don't have control. And so I remember just saying, we, if we chose to die on purpose, we could have control. We could control what happens next. And so we ended up having a business uh, meeting to amend the bylaws to state that when we dissolve, um, the property would be given to River City Church instead of back to the association. And that was the first business meeting that we had about that. And it passed unanimously. So that was that was pretty cool. But then um, I started meeting with all the other members of the church, but there's not too many of them at this point. Uh, and so I ended up meeting with about 20 or so people uh, just talking about casting vision for the, this, uh, uh, the birth of a, of a church plant in the place of where the old church used to be. And so uh, we had the next business meeting and the next business meeting was to dissolve the church. Uh, and that had to be done, um, you know, with a major, super majority and so I remember walking into the business meeting and I was honestly just a little bit surprised at how packed the room was because I expected there to be maybe 15 or so people there. We actually had the business meeting at night and I actually did that intentionally because I didn't want, I didn't want as many people to be there. Uh, you know, we met as a church in the morning, but I planned the business meeting at night because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want a bunch of people to be there to vote no, you know? And so I remember walking to the room and seeing about 30 people, uh, when I was expecting 15. Uh, and I remember just thinking, looking around and seeing a bunch of our elderly members uh, of the church and thinking, Oh man, these people came to vote. No, you know, and I, I was just, um, I, I don't know. I was just fearful. And so um, we ended up spending about 45 minutes talking about it and answering questions. And, and finally someone put the motion on the table to dissolve the church. And, and uh, when we voted, it actually passed unanimously. Uh, every the people that I thought had come out to vote no had literally come out to vote yes. Mm -hmm. uh, they were so excited about what God was doing, and I remember uh, looking at I, I had uh, uh, I had driven one of my, the guys I'm discipling to the meeting, and we were driving back, and I remember looking at him and just thinking, I feel like I need to repent of my little faith because. Uh, I, I knew, like, I thought that this was going to pass, but I definitely thought there was going to be some no votes. Uh, and so me of little faith, I did not expect God to allow there to be a unanimous decision to do this. And so, uh, and so we, uh, as of October 28th of 2018, we had a funeral for the old church, we literally had a funeral service uh, and complete with a eulogy, uh, talking about the life of the church, the good things. We focused on the good things because you never go to a funeral and hear that this guy was a loser, right? <laughs> so we didn't we didn't talk about the splits, we didn't talk about any of that. So we just talked about the good things, and so uh, and then basically November of 2018, we hit the ground running with training. Uh, and so uh, if you look at uh, what. Uh, George Bullard uh, says uh, that's basically he defines that as a gestational period. It's before the birth. And so we're training, we're, we're getting ready for 
the launch of River City Church on April 21st, 2019, which is Easter Sunday. And we're calling it a resurrection service. We're out of the ashes mm. of the old church and new church is born. Uh, and so that's that's the story. That's what God's doing right now. Wow, man. Pretty incredible. Yeah, it is. I think, I think a couple of things, just as you share your story with everybody, Ryan, um, the, the first thing that, two things that really stuck out to me is, number one, the power of a mentor in our lives. Yeah, you think about that. You had some blind spots. Yeah. We we've talked about on this on this podcast before about the importance of having a mentor in our lives. And if you're listening to this and you don't have uh, that person in your life who's going to speak difficult truths into you and saying, "Hey, you're being prideful. You're being arrogant. Like, how dare you? Like, just think that you, you don't need to pray about this. You know, because you didn't go up there to to plant or to pastor this dying church. You went up there to plant a church and Mitch Martin, the guy you're talking about, just a phenomenal brother. And uh, for Mitch to be able to see that and to speak that into your life was was incredible. Because if you think about all that you would have missed out on if you would have continued with that headstrong uh, mentality of, no, I came here to plant a church. It's a good word, I think, that our listeners need to hear yeah. if, if, they're, if they're planting. And even if you're a part of church planting, if you're, a, if you're a pastor of a sending church, or if you're partnering with church planters, Make sure that that planner has somebody in his life who is going to call him out and speak those difficult truths into his life and just challenge him to say, you you need to stop and you need to pray for this. God could be doing something here because the fact of the matter is all of us have blind spots that we can't see, you know, in our, in our lives. And so that, that's, that's really important. Um, the second thing I just wanted to, to ask about, because I know... If I was listening to this episode, I would be wondering how many people are in that church that um, result that absolved and and uh, dissolved and and it's kind of like a restart now that what you're doing. So that's probably some of the questions. Talk to us, kind of about you went up there, you and Chris and your 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 boys. Uh, you, you guys went up there and you parachuted in and uh, and you started a core team. Talk to us about how you started that core team. You know, how many was in your core team, what you did, because our listeners are maybe thinking this, oh, man, I wish I'd moved to a new place, a tough spot. And and somebody asked me to be their pastor and I just take their building and all their people and get them on mission. <laughs> right, Jerry? That's, sure, <laughs> that's yeah. how a lot of people think. <laughs> it's not how it happened, though. So that's not how it happened. We know that's not your story. So why don't you share that side of it and then talk about how many people are actually in the church that has become uh, River City Church. Yeah, so... Uh, so when we moved up to uh, Portland, we moved up with a, a core team of three. That was uh, myself, my wife, and Banner. Uh, uh, our first first growth was when we uh, birthed Anchor. Yeah. So uh, we had grown to four, and so that was great. And so, um, but we were we we started to raise up a core team. And so um, we have uh, Nick and Charlotte with us, which are they're our core team members, uh, and they're uh, they're leaders. Uh, within the church plant, but basically that was it when the church started to talk to us. So we we were at six at that point, and so um, the church that I uh, that I took over uh, pastoring uh, in 1980 it was running 854. Wow, uh, that's in 1980. When I walked in the door, there was 17, <laughs> and so uh, uh, and. Um, and as I started to cast a vision, that number started getting smaller. 
And, and so um, now uh, some of those people left, but some new people ended up joining as well. And so those people that are part of the old church, we call them the remnant members. And so the remnant members, there's probably about uh, 14 or so of them. And uh, plus uh, my family and Nick and Charlotte. And then there's new people who have joined that are not remnant members because they weren't part of the old church, but they've joined They've joined that church since I took over. And they caught the vision for River City Church and said, yeah, I'm in. And so on a week-to-week basis now, we have about 28. 28 people. About half of those are remnant members. Uh, and half of those are either new or core team members. Uh, so, yeah. Awesome, man. I, I know, like, I remember the first time hearing from you about all this going down, I mean, I thought like, man, praise God, you know, you're going to have a building, you're going to have in a, in a tough place, you know, very similar to our context here for Jared and I in, in the GTA, the Greater Toronto area. But I also remember thinking like, ooh, I don't know if I'd want that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, so maybe talk to us about how are you navigating those waters with the remnant members, as you call them, maybe saying like, well, I don't, I, I, I don't know if we should be doing this or I don't know if we should be doing that. Maybe you don't have that problem, but how are you? How are you? How are you doing? How are you handling the fact that you probably have curious people on your core team, or people that are new to the faith, with people that have been a part of a dying church for years and years? How are you navigating all those waters as a church plant and pastor? Yeah, that's uh, not a problem we've had. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, a lot of the the remnant members. Um, I just have to say, first of all, I'm so grateful for the the enormous faith that they've demonstrated, the ones that are still with us, because I know it's it's hard to take something that you know and love and to see it just close close their doors like that. You know, to think of a, uh, one of our members, uh, Mary, she's been a member of that church since 1972. Uh, and so just the f- incredible faith that she displays and, and, and she's, I don't know how old she is. She's like 120 something, but <laughs> I don't know, but she, uh, so Mary's not well, so I, she's not listening. I can guarantee you that, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's not up on podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> but, but she said the other day, she said, you're never too old to learn something new. And I remember just, I was like, wow, like, man, yeah. And so. Um, but that's not been the story for everyone. And there's, there's been some, some of the members who have been, um, who have been problematic to say the least. Um, and so part of the, and this is hard, uh, because as a church planter, uh, well, just as a pastor, just in, in general in ministry, you never want to turn anyone away, you know, but I remember, um, I can't remember who said this, but it was at an exponential conference that I went to. And the guy said, he, he said, you know, when you look at the story of Jesus and the rich young ruler, uh, this is a guy that had money, right? The guy that had maybe an opportunity to finance Jesus's ministry. And he basically said, what do I need to do? And, and Jesus gave him the requirements. He said, this is what we're doing. And the guy was like, I just don't know if I'm cool with that. And Jesus didn't budge. And he didn't say, oh, well, let's let me go ahead and 
change what I'm doing so maybe I can get some of your money because you'll probably be a tither, right? You're a tither. We can't get rid of the, the tithers, right? Especially as a church planter. If you have a tither, you need to keep them, right? That's what we're told. And um, But Jesus looked at him and said, this is not for you. Um, and and I don't think that Jesus was ill-intentioned at all in saying this is not for you, but he just he knew what the mission was. And so I took that basically and, you know, just – I've had to have that difficult conversation with, with tithers, you know, who said, Hey, if, if we don't change this or if we don't do this, I'm not going to come here anymore. And for me to say, this is not for you. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, I think part of what I've had to do is I've had to lock arms with other pastors in the city so that I don't want to just turn someone away and, and have them be, you know, homeless as far as church goes. Uh, and so I've had lots of different churches in the area that I've actually pointed people to and say, why don't you go there and see if, see if you can grow there, see if, you know, but, but this is, is not for you. Uh, yeah. I think what you're talking about, we, we've talked a lot about this. We talk a lot about this in our network is vision, protecting the vision not allowing people to come in, whether they've been established there or coming in for the first time and hijacking your vision. And so I think it's good, man. It's been a good word. It, it looks like that you're managing well how you, you know, a lot of times church planners are like, you know, you're, you you got to be down with this or you're not welcome, da, da, da. And it, it's, it's not in a loving way. It's not in a spirit led way. Um, so it sounds like you're protecting the vision while at the same time trying to be uh, loving to these these uh, older saints that I'm sure this is like rocking their world, you know. I mean, you come in and and you you do all this, so it sounds like you're navigating those waters and uh, w- those waters well. It's been incredible, man, to to see what God's doing, um, and I know He's just getting started with you. So, man, we're we're glad you could be here today and share. Yeah, man, um, Ryan, thanks so much for for spending some time with us today and sharing your story. And you know, one of the things that sticks out as you as you share is that. Um, uh, how um, I'm impressed by how you you waited on God, even though I know it's not been easy, right? And I, it probably doesn't feel like that all the time for you. Like I get that. Like sometimes you feel like you're trying to run ahead of God. Yeah. But when I listen to your story, you really have. You've waited on Him, and and you've been willing to to humble yourself and to listen and to course correct when He's leading you in a different direction. I think that's just such an important lesson for anybody who's listening to uh, to to cling to. You know that uh, man, we'll wait on God. He can write. Uh, a way better story than we could ever write. And I yeah. think this is a good example of that. This is a cool story. And it wouldn't have been written the way that it has if you weren't willing to listen and you weren't willing to humble, humble yourself. And, um, and I mean, who could have, like you said, who could have like planned this, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Like you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, it, It's a really cool story, man. And um, just kind of as we wrap up today, I just want to remind our listeners, like go into your church plan open-handed. Mm-hmm. Like open, open-minded. open Don't don't go in thinking like, we, we say this all the time, like when, when I'm, feeling a little bit down, you know, um, I don't watch a funny movie. I don't, I don't watch a comedian. I get out my prospectus and I read it and I laugh because I think about how foolish some of the things I wrote in that prospectus was, you know, cause like Ron, I wrote mine in Memphis before I ever came to Toronto. And, um, yeah. you know, and, 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 uh, the re- the reality of it is, is that you don't have a clue what God wants to do with your life and ministry. And so go into your, Go into your church plant, open-minded and open-hearted, understanding that God's going to write his story. He's going to do what he wants to do. He's going to bring who he wants to bring. 
You know, another thing that stuck out too as we wrap up is you know, so many times we, we coach church planners like if you try to reach everybody, you reach nobody. Mm-hmm. But you know, what's unique about your story is like your group wanted to reach Hispanics and Vietnamese and college mm-hmm. students and elderly. He's in that mix. And yeah. I just think it's cool, man. And you're in Portland, so I know you got hipsters running around coming to your place. And so I think it's awesome that God's building a very eclectic Titus, Titus two kind of church. It sounds like so, man. We're we're praying for you, bro. Thanks for being here today. Well, guys, we want to thank uh, you, our listeners, for tuning in to In the Trenches this week. Um, as always, uh, you can go on to getinthetrenches.com, and there you can find other episodes that we've done in the past. Also, wanted to remind you again that coming up in the last two weeks of December, we're going to be taking a, a two week break uh, and kind of coming bringing season one of In the Trenches to. Uh, a close and we'll start season two uh, in the beginning of January. Um, we've really loved doing this podcast so far. It was kind of an experiment as we started it out. We didn't really know what was going to happen with it, but Matt and I felt like we wanted to just, you know, um, talk out of the overflow of our experience, not as, you know, not posturing ourselves as experts by That's any right. means. Cause by we're no not, means. Uh, we're just trying to uh, talk about stuff that, you know, we know uh, uh, church planners have questions about. And give some examples from what God's been doing in, in our ministries and our lives, and then talking to guys like Ryan and hearing from him about you know he's he's in the middle of the process right now, uh, and so it's been really cool. We've loved doing it. Uh, we've gotten good feedback from you guys, so we're gonna keep doing it, and we're gonna start a another season uh, here in January. We're also uh, having the website redone and, and revamped, and it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a lot more slick. Uh, and uh, we got we got a, a buddy of ours who's uh, really done an incredible job helping us out with that. And we're planning some some different things. We're going to get some more interaction from you guys where you'll actually be able to call in and like leave voicemail uh, questions and things like that. Uh, so that'll be coming up. And so you can actually get your voice heard on the podcast because we want you guys to be able to get in the trenches with us, so to speak. Uh, so uh, anyways, well, hey, guys, thanks so much for listening this week. Uh, keep an eye out on Facebook and Twitter uh, for these new changes that are going to be coming up. Uh, and make sure... Uh, if this podcast has been a blessing to you at all, then help us out uh, and jump onto iTunes or to Google Play or Stitcher or one of those platforms that we uh, that In the Trenches is on and leave us a rating, um, five-star ratings only. Only please. five stars. Uh, anything, Merry Christmas. Any, yeah, Merry Christmas. Anything less than that is unacceptable. So uh, leave us five-star ratings and that'll really help uh, us out a lot and it'll increase the exposure of this podcast so that we can get into, into the hands of more church planters and more pastors, uh, more people involved in ministry. Uh, We'll be back next Monday uh, with another episode of In the Trenches. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners. (laughs) 